It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The newest Big Ten trophy. Again, it's unofficial. So basically what happened, it, it, it's the $5 Bits of Broken Chair trophy, right? And a couple years ago, Faux Polini was on Twitter, and he went back and forth with Goldie the Gopher on Twitter. And basically the exchange got to the point where Faux said, if we win, you give me $5. If you win, I get to smash a wooden chair over your back. Goldie said, all right, I'll go along as long as we can turn that into a trophy for next year's game. It started as a joke, but it's a real thing. It's a big ten. Thank you, thank you. So if you guys beat Minnesota, will you take home the $5 Bits of Broken Chair trophy? Yeah, sure. You, you will? All right, cool. Thank you. He's wearing the number 22, guys. It is Jack Hoffman of Team Jack coming out of the field right now in this fourth down and short. Jack Hoffman has been adopted really by this football team. A young man who has battled brain cancer. He's on the field right now for the Huskers. One more snap for Taylor Martinez, too, who will hand it off to Jack. So Taylor gets the shotgun set, gives it to Jack. Here he goes. He's got blockers out in front. There he goes. Jack is running the midfield. Listen to this crowd. As Jack Hoffman, the young man... That, as I mentioned, has really been adopted by this football team to score a touchdown. Oh, wow. What a moment. And both benches empty. That, that was a moment right there. Wow. Goosebumps. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Gentlemen, I know the Huskers have been disappointing over the last several years, but don't worry. Uh, they're closer to a nine-win season than it appears. Unfortunately, I'm talking about basketball. <laughs> well, that'd be an improvement, though, right? I think, yeah. <laughs> also with Boomer tonight. Well, I'd like to note uh, Redcast Rob is currently not with us. Uh, I do want some breaking news that uh, I have heard he is a candidate for an Arizona State podcast job. So keep your eyes peeled uh, for further developments there, everyone. Is he quiet quitting on us, Boomer? It could be, but yeah. I don't know. Either way, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Well, maybe Rob might be able to join us later. We'll see. He had a, a work engagement that he could not get out of, but. Uh, hockey, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a frustrating Saturday there uh, watching Nebraska lose to Illinois. And, um, you know, a lot of things transpired there that led to that loss, uh, namely uh, Casey Thompson and uh, an injury that led uh, back at quarterbacks and a pretty um, muted offensive performance in the second half against the Fighting Illini. Thoughts? Yeah, we, we took an offense I'm not very fond of to begin with, and we neutered it. So <laughs> it made it worse. <laughs> it, was, it was really, really not a great, uh, great day there uh, for 
to, to be in the stadium and watch it. But, you know, uh, defense, I guess, played hard. That was nice to see and 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 stood their ground, I thought, as well as, as I thought they would be able to do against Illinois. So that was that part's pleasing. It's going to be hard this, this next month. We're into November now, and these four teams, this is going to be physical football, and we're going to have to bring it every week on offense and – or on defense and on offense, we're gonna have to find ways to not whether it's scoring points or not, some just taking some time off the clock. I mean, just basic things. We gotta do some things, basic things well. So yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, Boomer. I mean, defensively, six points in that second half, uh, at least something that you could point to. Yeah, I, that was was a positive of sorts. I mean, some of it was I think Illinois just was not frightened of our offense, so they didn't want to. They were trying to score that hard. Yeah, they, no. they didn't, like, especially when that fourth and one. I was really surprised they didn't go for, for it on fourth and one down there, but they've been burned on some fourth and ones earlier this season, so maybe they just felt, yeah, our kicker needs practice, so, you know, go with that. But, yeah, yeah. so if there is a positive, they, you know, they did limit the scoring, but they still were able to control the clock and, you know, control that second half. And the offense certainly wasn't doing the defense any favors, especially in that second half. What did we have in the second half for total yardage? 20-something? I mean. 22 yards, maybe? 15 yards passing, something like that? It was ridiculous. I sent out a tweet from the stadium with about five minutes or about 10 minutes left in the second quarter, and we had about 200 yards offense. And it was, we are on pace to have 600 yards offense. And I kept looking up at the clock every five minutes, and <laughs> then it gets to half, and then you're in the third yep. quarter, and it never changed. We were constantly at like 225 yards. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Bizarro world. Right? This is this is insane. Yeah. yeah. So, well, uh, hopefully this show will make some progress as we go go forward. But um, unlike that offense, but uh, oh, there's Rob. Holy cow! Wow. Not, that's not a Kool Aid shirt, Rob. What what is that? Well, I had a work event. You actually there. have a real job, Rob. I, I do. Thought that was just fake. I do. I work for I work for the uh, fake news media. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was at I was in an event of uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. And time got away from me. So right. you know, well, he might be interviewing for another job, Boomer. This could be you know for the Arizona State podcast. I mean, yeah, he I, wasn't, I wasn't kidding with this breaking news. Yeah, look at it right there. So, that, that's funny suspicious. because my my literal hot take to start the show is going to be like, because I knew I was going to be cutting it close was going to be, yeah, sorry. I'm just coming back from an interview for the Arizona state podcast. So that's good call. Figured. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Thanks right. guys for All having right. me. Yeah, yeah. It was at well, a distillery too. 477 distillery. If you're ever in Greeley, Colorado, you should try it out. So I'm drinking an old, an old fashioned. I, I try to get him to call it the Rob Steinberg, but it's called the living legend. Well, we should get um, some free stuff from them for, uh, for, Giving them That's some right. uh, airtime. Speaking, well, speaking of promos, uh, Honky, would you like to take care of some business for our sponsors tonight? Absolutely. Uh, we mentioned this for the first time last week. We're starting to get a little bit more details going, but uh, we'll we'll let that come out here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, the Gobi Gridcast live at Hill Varsity Club Friday, November eighteenth. Uh, we'll be at six uh, p.m. And uh, we're trying to get a guest or two here. We'll also have a, a special redcaster that's going to be jo- joining us as well with it. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, the Hill Varsity Club or Hill Varsity uh, use promo code redcast at hillvarsity.com slash subscribe. <clears throat> excuse me. And you'll get a 10% off your annual uh, subscription to Hill Varsity, which then you can go and turn around and go to the Hill Varsity Club with that subscription. And you can get, I believe it's 10% off of your food and drinks while you're there. So, you know, it just the, it keeps giving. Uh, Alumni Hall, two Lincoln locations, downtown 1120 P Street and South Point Pavilions, 2910 
Pine Lake Road. Get yourself all your good Husker gear there. And last but not least, Smack and Smooch custom shirts, specialty items. Find them at Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Shane and Laura out there in Elwood. Uh, I've got a new shirt here, and uh, we're going to be giving away some stuff, some more swag at the uh, at the Hill Varsity show. And so we've got more koozies here and more shirts, and we've got some female shirts this time. They have, like, the V-necks, and, I mean, it's all all kinds of good stuff. So I didn't we'll know be, shirts they, had a sex. This they are very- unisex Apparently. T-shirts, and some men do prefer V-neck shirts, honky. So what? I, I was told those were female shirts. Well, well that was Shane wear. who said that, you know. Okay. Women's well, tees, would that be a more appropriate? No, they're, they're actually unisex. I mean, female shirts, it seems odd. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, is that the right, right yeah. terminology? It's probably a better way of me saying it than that. But I have been drinking martinis ever since Saturday. So, <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, honky. Or, or the red yeah, on true. the rocks. The off go. the wagon edition going on here. <laughs> By the way, uh, so uh, to catch Rob up, we had um, the intro music, the videos, were all dedicated to the uh, $5 bits of broken chair trophy this weekend against awesome. Minnesota, including the Team Jack run that you know of course the reason we include that is that it's a charity in addition to being an unbelievable uh, unbelievable trophy it's also a charity and the nebraska side of it goes to team jack and so boomer while we were showing that uh, we have our little private chat here and he goes that's a better rushing attack than we've had in years was <laughs> <laughs> highlighting uh, team jack's run and it was a great run so we <sighs> we wanted to highlight that oh it was good yeah. blocking that's why Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And now, Scarlet Colored Glasses. Boomer, I, I was trying to think of a game that this this resembled or felt like because it was a, and maybe there's so many of them, I've, I've just, they've all blurred together, or maybe this was unique. But I mean, like, to Honky's point, we had 200 yards of offense before you knew it, and we're up 9 6. Um, and then the, you know, the turnover happens, the injury happens. Um, and, and Illinois takes the lead, but it was, it was more than that it, really because of the, the challenges offensively, it just, the, the game just, it was over almost immediately at that point, there was nothing left. Um, and honky, you were at the game. I don't know if you were there, Boomer. I mean, what did it, what did it seem like, I guess, live or from your perspectives? Well, I wasn't at the game, but I, I, you know, you're definitely right. You know, once Thompson went down, it just felt like everyone was deflated, and then not settling on a quarterback. It, you know, starting with, you know, Smothers switching to Purdy. I, I don't quite understand the, the switches there. I know they thought they were behind and need to play catch up. Well, you know, that, <laughs> we needed to that, throw the ball, right? Yeah, we need to throw the ball. So, <laughs> all right, fine. Down by and eleven. It, That's it, it was insurmountable. Kind of like yeah, some of the some of the times when Adrian would get hurt, you know, like against Colorado in in, in the game, and then we kind of deflated there, and then you know the game against Troy yeah, the next week, we just looked out of sorts. Our, our backup wasn't at all yeah. Yeah. ready for the moments, you know, for whatever reason. Well, so it, it kind of reminds me of those sorts of sorts of affairs right now. Just mm-hmm. we didn't seem ready for a scenario where our athletic quarterback went down. We just didn't have uh, a, hockey to, to, an answer. To to build off of that idea, 
I, I was listening to some of the shows today, and and you know, I mean, one of the explanations is that you know, in practice, we really just one run one station. It's a pro style offense, and Casey Thompson gets all the reps almost, and and our backups barely get anything, which mm-hmm. we've we know has, has been a problem in previous coaching regimes, not for offs actually. Um, but you know, you see this where other, other schools, other teams can have their quarterback go down and their number two guy comes in and actually provides a, a jolt, you know, like, uh, and it happens against us. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, was it Illinois last year? Didn't we knock out Brandon Peters? Yeah. And, uh... Guy the dude from in. Rutgers, the transfer from Rutgers, comes in and and does, great. did great against us. You know, K State didn't have uh, Adrian Martinez last weekend. Seemed to do okay against Oklahoma yeah. State. You know, uh, yeah. to a forty to victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, we talked with Coach Osborne earlier this year, and he talked glowingly about one of the things that made us a championship level culture was was the stations and the backups and making sure that the second and the third team guys get reps. And again, that's 1990s talk. So I need to stop talking about that because, you know, honky, I'm living in the past, but that that just seems like good football. Even today seems like good football to get backups, uh, uh, reps, but you know, part of the good football is I took my brother, brother brother-in-law, John with me to the game and we're sitting there and we talked all pregame. We were tailgating and and I was telling them the same things I was telling you guys last couple of weeks about, you know, watching some of the tells pre-snap tells and dude, I'm, I'm saying, this is well before Casey ever got injured. We're watching the, the game, yeah. and John's like, this is dumb. He's like, this is going to be a run. It's a run. It, this is going to be a pass. It's a pass. I mean, it is – It's some of that is so frustrating to watch be, be, besides the fact – I mean, hopefully Casey's, you know, healthy. I mean, I hate to see injuries for anybody, and that's – but it also doesn't surprise me. I mean, wh- and where did he get injured? He didn't get injured running the ball. Didn't get injured on the option. No. Got the – got injured right in, in the pocket. pocket. And, and it's a long developing play in the pocket because it wasn't like some guy just bull rushed his way in. No, they had to do a stunt to get around to it. Everything's long developing pocket plays. That's just the you know the way it is. And, and Illinois, you know, they didn't allow Palmer just to get off and, and go the way that uh, Purdue did. You didn't see him running free for twenty yards. And I thought Joseph did a great job explaining that today during the press conference, saying. You know, literally, he was kind of getting on Palmer saying, look, dude, they're not going to just let you go. You've got to fight your way through there. And it, do you think they're, yeah. you're just going to get free, you know, free exits off the uh, off the line of scrimmage? No, they're going to they're going to, you know, challenge you right up front. So you got to be physical and, and take them on there. And so, of course, I mean, so anyways, it, it's it's a frustrating level thing on a, on a number of on a number of cases there. But, you know, I. It, it's never going to happen, so I don't even know why I say it. But I mean, I I would love to see Smothers go out there and you just run some option, get outside the pocket, you know, take, stretch a team horizontally a little bit. Um, it's not going to happen, so I'm just saying it into the wind, just to say it. it it's out there into existence, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, has there been any proof of Whipple ever doing Wildcat? Even I mean, is that even? It's not even possible, huh? It's crazy. It's also I'd be curious if we could uh, get a hold of some Pittsburgh Panther podcast and see if they have a any sort of chart on um an offensive lineman being so consistent on their tells because <laughs> that are the bears one of the two it's, it's either either pittsburgh or chicago bears has did you Dave, did you did you try watching that at all like during the game did you pay attention at all to that yeah and, a little bit yeah but i mean to your point it, it was so so obvious that it really kind of lost interest after a while because you're just like well <laughs> I know exactly what's going to happen. So it's ruining the uh, the effect of watching the game. Right? Yeah, and the, the crazy thing is the same thing that happened charting the um, oh the the Purdue game. The same thing happened watching Illinois live, which was on the rare occasion when they would do something off 
key there. I mean, if, if he's in a three-point stance and they threw it, if he was in a two-point stance and they ran it, which I can't even remember if that happened. But the three-point stance, there's a couple times we did little rollouts and play action, and they work great. They actually do work yeah. great because they really trick you. I mean, the, the rare occasion where we're like, this is a run, and they don't run, it was shocking. So <laughs> maybe, maybe that's something that, that we can build up. I have no idea at this point. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. All right. Well, um, you know, obviously the injury to Casey Thompson is going to impact mm-hmm. the rest of the season, but definitely this week on, on where we're at. Um, yeah, it sounds like, you know, Mickey Joseph has indicated that it's, um, you know, actually day to day with, with Casey, but um, both um, Purdy and some others are getting reps in practice. Uh, Rob, I, I haven't listened closely to the press conference. Uh, did you hear anything from Mickey today that gives us a better indication? Well, his, his response to that was, well, you know, obviously the backups basically, I mean, and so he just said the backups don't get the reps that they probably need um that's because, because we run one back. station and everything yeah. goes to the because they're because so everything goes and he's like so obviously you know pretty wasn't getting those backups and he was really um he made a very specific um distinction between um purdy and uh oh man and smothers and he was basically like well smothers is an option quarterback purdy is more you know fit for the system we want uh, he wasn't as prepared as we wanted him to be going into the game. Um, I mean, hey, Boomer. I, sorry, you, look- you can tell I'm the Kool-Aid guy and I'm really frustrated because there's absolutely no excuse for not having your second string guy ready to go. And he's like, well, you know, basically he implied that he was doing like mental reps kind of thing, you know, and, and should There's be ready. Mental wasn't getting, I know exactly. Man, but, I do mental reps from home. I just, you know, that's I, easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and it, and it blew my mind, quite frankly, Dave, um, because I, I just don't understand it. Um, there was all kinds of other things that we could get into if you want to get into it later. But it, it was I've watched all of Mickey's press conferences and this was probably the most frustrating with the answers that he gave me because it made me question a lot of things about the way the team is being run right now. So I don't know. Sure. You know, this is where, I mean, this stage of a, an interim coach where kind of any sort of um, kind of excitement over the change uh, in, in the culture, it's been over well over a month now um, where, um, that, that that's worn off. And now it's just, you're, you're playing football and um, a lot of the other teams have um, a lot more um, culture and an attitude established. And, and now we're um, just being revealed for, for what it is um, at this present moment. So it's hard to say, you know, Boomer, I, I was going to ask um, a leading question, but I have the answer. Logan Smothers went 16 of 22 versus uh, Iowa last year. in his, his one start 16 of 22. That's not bad. Well, he's he, you know he's he's not a passer though, Dave. We know right. that. So, yeah, it can't be I done. Mean, so yeah. he's yeah. probably limited in his his YOLO bombing. But yeah. totally well, that is a lot of our offense. So yeah, maybe there's a reason he's not. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. different scheme and everything that he well, completely those in. But even the, the let's go ahead, honky. Yeah. Well, the the presser today too. I mean, look, I think Mickey. He there was a good question asked to him. I think from Mitch Sherman, and it was more bigger picture. You know, what would the offense be that you'd want to run if that you know not with the current personnel or even coaching staff, but just if you could just run what you want to run, try to remember that Mickey took this over, you know, in the middle of the season kind of thing um, where he was like, yeah, you know, I we're in the big 10 and I want to run the ball more. I mean, you could tell there was definitely 
an approach that I think he'd want to take. If for whatever reason, I, I don't think he feels like he can just take over the offense right now the way he did defensively a month ago with getting rid of Shenander and bring you know just bringing up Bush. I don't think Joseph feels comfortable at that point just to to run what he wants to run. I don't even know how you know feasible that is midseason to to make that change. Um, but it was interesting because it was more big picture, you know, basically saying, hey, you know, if you if you are going to be in this position, what are you trying to do? And I think those are the questions that Trev's going to ask, you know, when, when they get to that point. You know, Boomer, it, it does beg the question with Mickey's candidacy of, of being the head coach on, on how much he's let Mark Whipple just run his offense with almost really no, no checks to it, um, which Frost was trying to do actually in games two and three in the sense that, I mean, it doesn't seem like this offense is going to win any any more games, at least easily anyway. And, um, you know, I think having a few more wins underneath Mickey's belt would make a, a, a difference um, and showing that he has, you know, total control over the the program. You know, it's just it's kind of curious that um, he, he hasn't put that that foot down because when I mean, you think about Whipple, I mean, it's funny how. You know, I mean, in the offseason, you can spin it however you want to spin it, right? But, I mean, one of the stories was Whipple, 40 years of coaching. This guy's forgotten more football than we've ever seen. But in reality, he's, he's very stubborn in his ways because he's been doing it for 40 years. And he doesn't actually really want to try anything different, even if it isn't going to work. Yeah, and that's kind of the weird thing about it. And I, You know, hockey raised the point of how – you know, Mickey was more than willing to make changes on defense, you know, including firing coaches and things like that. And I get you probably don't want to wholesale fire every coordinator that you have, you know, midseason and expect to turn out. I just wonder why he doesn't seem to push harder on that. You know, our commenter Abby said, you know, commented the same thing. It doesn't seem like he's willing to overrule Whipple on what he does. And I, that is kind of a concern for me because that has been a problem in these games. We just not we can't establish a run, which we've all thought we need in the Big Ten. We're not scoring at the clip we need, especially with the defense that we've had. You know, this last week they played okay, but still you've got to score more points and move the ball and control clock more than we do. And for some reason we just don't seem to be willing to do any of that. And I don't really understand why. I and I understand you know, Whipple is he's the coach that he is. And you know what you're getting with Whipple's offense, but you're still the boss and you can tell him, okay, we want to try to control the ball more. I, I mean, I think I saw some stats like this last game, another commenter commented how tired we were throwing on first down. We pass in about, you know, it's less than 50% of the time we run the ball on, on first down in Illinois. And, you know, so we're almost always throwing on first down, which sometimes it works. And if it doesn't, you're already way behind on the sticks and that's a problem. And, and I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer of why we just seem to be unwilling to make any sort of push or change on offense the way we did defensively speaking, at least staff wise and you know, telling them what to do. So Rob. Well, so I just want to point out like a fallacy that like that you kind of just stated, Boomer, and and it is frustrating. And I know this doesn't sound anything like Redcast Rob, and that's okay, but um, well, it goes with me, your shirt, apparently, well, Rob. It, so apparently, okay. yeah, it's a different <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Jeremy. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, Vegas, Jeremy, I'm sorry, man. I, I came from a work event. So we averaged almost four yards to carry against Illinois. We outrushed them on average yards per carry. So saying we can't establish a, a rush attack is, is false 
We can establish a rush. We just aren't willing to do it. And it's, it's well, that's what I mean. We're not willing yeah, to do it. Yeah, Why aren't we're not we? willing to that's do it. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand. You, you're saying, you, I'm sorry, you just said can't. And I, and, and that's kind of what, what well, they, they I'll, throw I'll to set either. up the run, right? right. Yeah. They don't but, do it the other you know, way and it's like, but it's like at one point, Grant was one of the top rushers in the nation. And then all of a sudden, like yeah. the last three games, he's gone. <clears> yeah. I, that was, and that was my point, Rob, a couple weeks ago when you brought up how good Grant was doing. And I didn't, I don't disagree with you at that time because he was like number nine or something in the yeah. country. And my point Six. wasn't, my point wasn't that he was, that he's not a good runner. My point was we don't have a good run game. And anything he did up to that point was in spite of the fact that we didn't have a good run game. We've, we had 24 runs and 24 passes last week, 48 plays. When you add that to the 50, three plays that we had against Purdue that adds up to 101 plays, the exact same number Purdue had against us in one game. Uh, that's not a recipe for success, just like run pass ratios. All those things I bring up are, are recipes for success. I'm actually going to highlight something my mom wrote here. And I think this is a good point. <laughs> Shocking. Marty. Shocking Marty, but uh, mom, you did a great job here. The weather this weekend could definitely be uh, different from any of the other games this year. Which team do you think uh, will have it be affected the most? It will definitely be us, but I'm taking dad to the game. <laughs> And it to mom's point there, it could be wet, it could be windy, it could actually start to be Big Ten conditions, which is something we haven't dealt with up to this point. All the more reason that you need to be developing a run game. And I mentioned this way back in the non-conference game era, even when we were throwing the ball well, you've got to be developing a run game early in the season because now is not the time to do it. It's it's late now to try to de- to develop something. Then heaven forbid you do get a an, an injury to the quarterback, that's a problem. So. Um, you know, it, it's it's rough. I I look with Mickey here. He's doing everything he can. I don't. I I'm not going to try to put anything on him taking over a team halfway through. And he's made a lot of really good uh, moves that have. You know, he's brought the team. He said the team is ready to go this week. That they've promised him that he basically he kind of challenged them. Are you guys going to be able to come back and are, are you going to be ready to play this week? And and they said they would. And I mean that's. Right now, I, I think that's kind of where we're at because when you're three and five going into November, you know, are you done or, or do you got some fight left in you? These four teams that you're going to play against are going to be physical teams that aren't going to take anything off. And so, you know, you're going to you're going to look really embarrassed if you go out there and and for lack of a better word, half asset. I mean, you've got to be ready to go physically, mentally, everything, mental reps, physical reps. You're going to need physical reps this week, too. I promise you, you need physical reps to, to match the mental ones. But uh, yeah, a couple years ago, we, we kind of half-assed it versus Minnesota when they had all, all the COVID issues and, um, you know, they came in here and stomped mm-hmm. us. You know, it's interesting. Weather-wise, I was just looking at, uh, it's, um, you know, chance of rain, obviously. Uh, 9.8 miles per hour is the uh, estimated uh, wind so about 10 right. miles per hour. Um, it, it, it tends to be that wind is more important of a factor uh, on games than rain when it comes to throwing the ball, right? So if it's windy conditions mm-hmm. and wet, then you got an issue. It, 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 that, that could qualify. So we'll, we'll see. You know, it depends mm-hmm. if it's gusting or not. Um, you know, interesting. I was listening to, I think, uh, Sipple uh, show today, and uh, he brought up a really interesting stat. I had no idea. Um in fact, I even watched the game. I just didn't realize it was those many yards were piling up. Ole Miss versus Texas A&M. Lane Kiffin and that uh, running Rebel offense. Um, guess how many carries they had in that game versus A&M, which they won uh, on the road, 31-28. I would guess somewhere in that the 40s to 50. 60, over 60 carries. 60. They had like 80, 80 plays, only 20 passes, and 60-some runs. They are the number three rush offense in the country right now. Uh, Lane yeah. Kiffin, who's supposed to be, you know, hey, 
loosey goosey wild our next coach throwing the ball over. <laughs> well hey it's well he is born in lincoln speaking of next coach here dave i mean this is the we're not going to do a lot of tweets of the week but this was one i thought could get us into a good conversation and this is from mike schneider uh redcaster out there follows us on twitter and he says there's absolutely zero chance that Mickey Joseph would be recruiting this hard if he wasn't coming back on the Nebraska coaching staff next year. I'm not complete, completely convinced that he'll be the head coach, but he'll be back. And to his point about uh, the how hard we're recruiting, uh, here's a couple of tweets from the last week, one of them a week ago, Dayton Rayola. This should be a familiar name to Husker fans. Uh, Dalton's younger brother. Uh, what a blessing it is after a great conversation with Coach Mickey Joseph and, and his uncle Donovan. I'm humbled to receive my first offer from Husker Football Nation. So something that was kind of flew in the face of uh, the issues with recruiting Dylan a year ago and some of the problems that we had, maybe not going after him as hard. Um, the, the, the fact that we were the first ones to go after him. And that is one thing, too. I want to say Mickey today, you can sense he's starting to distance the program from Frost. He's slowly kind of doing it and he's not saying it in just one thing, but he's maybe the way we're recruiting and the way we're doing, the way we're practicing, you know, how the, the more physical practices, tackling things like that. He's starting to kind of distance the program under him from Frost. Uh, the other one here is uh, today from Arnold Barnes, the third done deal. We've got a, uh, a running back from new Orleans. So here is the recruiting class up to this point. Now we're at up to, I believe it's, 17 commits, I think it is. No, 15 commits, I think. And uh, in just the last week, we got Malachi Coleman, of course, from Lincoln. And then uh, Arnold Barnes, the uh, the running back from New Orleans, Louisiana. So uh, to uh, Mike Schneider's uh, point there, the fact that, you know, Mickey is recruiting as hard as ever. We're having some success on the recruiting trail here. Um, I don't know what Mickey's future is going to be, but I, I would agree with Mike there that it is really hard. I, I really struggle to see the program not having Mickey involved in some way. And I will say this, and then I'll let you guys talk. We've seen enough over the last decade or so, whether it was the Pliny staff to Riley or the Riley staff to Frost and so on, we've seen enough of complete overhauls where everything changes and it doesn't always fix things. And you're starting over from scratch. We saw it this last offseason on the offense. We've completely flipped the offense from com completely from scratch, and I don't know that it's any better right now than where it was a year ago. I think we've we've you know fallen backwards in some ways, and I like the idea, at the very least, no matter what, with whatever changes are going to come after this season, to have some continuity from right now. And if I was picking continuity, some guys to have continuity with, Mickey would absolutely be at the top of it. Uh, Bill Bush in some capacity. I, you know, there's some guys. There's Apple White. There's some guys that I think um, I would would be on the top of my list of of maintaining some of that consistency from this year to next. And then you you bring you're going to bring in guys that are going to make enough changes anyways. But there's no reason to we don't need to completely pull everything out from underneath again and start 100% over either. Sure, Rob. Yeah. Well, Matt, you and I had a. Uh... Sorry, honky, Matt, whatever. Uh, the uh, You and I had like an interesting text kind of just between the two of us going back and forth this weekend too. And and I think it kind of hit on that point too. And, and, you know, what I said to you too is that I don't know if I'm convinced that he's going to be the next head coach just yet too, but I know that he does understand the kind of culture that we need to establish, right? He kind of hit on that too with the running game. And mm -hmm. I was just saying like he – and he's not wasting any time right now like trying to instill that culture into these kids – 
he's he's still out there he's recruiting and that it's not going to surprise me at all and we said this multiple times if he is still involved with this program next year in some capacity whether it's an assistant coach head of recruiting um an assistant coach who is the head of recruiting like you know there's a multiple things there but it just feels like in so many different ways that he is going to be here next year and so, that he is going to be part of the package you know yeah, and that i mean and that's yeah i mean it, it's it seems quite quite logical and, and very possible. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I mean, some coaches may not accept that and they, that may limit our pool if the Trev requires that. I don't think that's sure. a, a requirement per se. To Honky's point and Rob's point, I mean, any good coach would look at Mickey's recruiting acumen and say, hey, maybe that guy, considering his ties in Nebraska and this existing recruiting class is worth keeping on at least for at minimum one year if not more. Um, but there's also coaches that may have their own recruiting coordinator, their own wide receivers coach. And um, for Mickey to be an effective recruiter, he has to be an actual assistant coach because he needs to be able to go out um, and recruit. And you can't do that from a coordinator position. So, um, you know, I, I, there's a lot, lot at play there, you know, and there's a lot of coaches that have connections to Mickey. So that, that mm-hmm. may play out just as we would expect. Well, I mean, I've, I've heard a number of people say this and Dave, you've, you've been right. The, the lead of it is that you have to take the emotion out of it. And, and it's important to me as I'm even suggesting that is that, that, you know, it, it, it can't come from a place of emotion. It has to come from a place of this is from a logical standpoint. In fact, I mean, from a logical standpoint, flipping everything and starting completely over from scratch doesn't make sense. In fact, that goes back to Frost wanting to bring his entire staff here. Yep. And allowing that is, you know, mm-hmm. you look back on it and it, it doesn't look real smart. In fact, that was an argument I remember back in 08 when Osborne was a, a the, the athletic director. I think, gosh, I could be wrong. I think it was Grobe from Wake Forest. He, he was rumored yep, to right. want to come here, but he wanted to bring his entire staff. And that was not something that um, – you know, apparently Osborne would have thought would have been uh, the, the wise move to do. As we all know, looking back on it, Watson was retained, the offensive coordinator. Gilmore, the, the receivers coach and the uh, uh, recruiting coordinator, they were both retained, which yep. helped Kalini come in, focus on the defense, which is what, you know, was a major concern at the time, had the offense kind of get taken care of by a couple of guys that are that had been around, and that helped with some of the transition. And um, that's I think that's the the big thing is that, you know, whatever, there's going to be a transition. There's no doubt about that. We know there's some transition, even if Mickey becomes the head coach. And I'm not taking him out of the, the running for that either right now. But there's going to be a transition after this offseason, no matter what. So how big or how small of one does there need to be? I would say offensively, we we need to make a transition again, you know, from, from where we've gone this year. And I'll tell you what, this is a perfect time for me just defensively. I want to see the four three back. I'm tired of this three four garbage. It, it, we've been doing it back and forth all the, in in some flavor or variation or another. Or call guys edge or this or that since Diaco. Done with it. Get back to a four three. It's it's what we've done best. It's what we can recruit best in this area. Uh, we can always find guys that can fit that kind of mold. But those big D linemen that you need to run three man fronts and all that. I just I, I haven't seen it be run well enough to ever suggest to me that, that that's the route that we should keep going. I, I, I'd want to see a 4-3. That would be something – I guess that would be a question Mitch Sherman should ask Mickey next week. Defensively, <laughs> what would you want to see if you're going to be here long term? I'd like to get his, his thoughts on that. 
Yeah. I'm kind of curious there, Hockey. You said you don't want to see like a complete overhaul of the team, but you want to switch defensive schemes and completely rebuild the offense. I mean, that kind of is a complete <laughs> overhaul, isn't it? I mean, well, uh, especially I teams maybe re- keep, but, recruiting you know. is one part of, of overhauls. And so if you lose all these guys that we just showed here, which, you know, Mickey and for the people listening to the show, I'm bringing up the recruiting class again. There, there's one thing that Mickey's done an unbelievable job of, right? Taking over three games in the season. I mean, to maintain that entire class of in-state kids, the, the we have built a number of relationships over the last year. When we had Damon Benning on back in April, he talked about how this staff had gone into o- Omaha time and again already. And what's funny is I don't think he was really talking about Frost as much as he was talking about Bush and Joseph and how those guys, they went to Omaha Northwest. He goes, they went to Bellevue East. He goes, name the last time a, a coaching staff went to Bellevue East. That's part of the overhaul, too. You go and get rid of all those guys. You get rid of Bush and, and Joseph that have built a lot of those connections just in the last year alone, and now you're rebuilding and overhauling all of that as we bring in some coaching coaching staff that don't have those in-state connections. And if you don't have Bush and Joseph there, you don't have those guys to help make those connections. That's we can't. Let's be smart about this here, too. Is that you've got to be able to limit how you know the the disruption that a very disruptive thing that's going to take place no matter what you got to limit how much disruption it does, and there are good things going on in the program, so you got to highlight those things. Right now, that would be recruiting. I think getting Malachi Coleman last week that's a that's a highlight. Those are good moments, and those are good things happening right now. You got to find ways not to have that stuff blow up, just because you're trying to make some changes. Now, in the process, the X's and O's. Hell yeah, I mean I'm. Blow, blow up the X's and O's. Blow up everything about our offensive X's and O's you want to right now. I would be ecstatic with that. <laughs> you know, But uh, but that that will come in time. I wouldn't care if we went with with Air Force's oh, – Boomers, you're muted. Boomer, you're on, you're on mute. Oh, but I was going to say, uh, do you worry how that would work with uh, potential recruits where, you know, they, we were running a particular type of offense or defense and now we're completely blowing it up? Does that risk losing some of those recruits that we have already? I mean, granted, we don't know what how that's being pitched. Can you bring up your uh, the the list of recruits, hockey, really quick? I'm yeah, yeah. Is there anybody on the D line, for example, that might be you know being recruited to fit into a a three four that then would suddenly be an odd fit here? No, I mean as an example, Ma- Maverick Noonan's six four two twenty seven edge. He'd be a D end. You know, I mean, he'd just he'd be a yeah. four three D end. Um, really Bam Popple looks like. Yeah. No, I, I the thing is, these guys can fit into a lot of spots. In fact, Malachi Coleman's a good example of that. He's listed as an athlete. He might be your 6'5 wide receiver. He might be your 6'5 outside linebacker pass rushing guy. I mean, we don't we don't know yet what he'll right. develop into. In, in reality, the 3-4, the, the unique position is that, that nose tackle, mm-hmm. uh, which is the hardest position to recruit, yeah. uh, but the key to the entire, entire defense. And that's why some of the SEC guys can run is because they have these athletic big guys that can do that. And, and it's curious how like Wisconsin's made this work, you know, because they've had an effective three, four for years. And I don't see why they, they can be able to pull it off and, and, and not us. But to your point, Hockey, it just has, yeah. hasn't really worked at all. And unless there's a different way to deploy it, um, I, I wouldn't oppose yeah. that going back to a four, three. And Wisconsin's run it, you know, without getting that big five-star guy. Right. I mean, typically yeah. speaking, yeah. they have done it with a, it's a workman, you know, they bring their their lunch pail to practice kind of mentality. A lot of the same things that Iowa has done over the years, too. They've brought a lot of, you know, two and three star guys up and, and they just developed the hell out of them. That's something that Mickey talked about today, too, is the development side. And he, again, was distancing 
what the program that he wants to run moving forward away from the frost era, which was where's the development been essentially. And, you know, he, he kind of had a little bit of an opportunity, three games worth and one off season worth. He got to kind of see what it was like to be on the inside with the, the frost era. And you can tell that, you know, he is, he's, he's jumping at the, the chance here. He wants to, to really get, you know, put his foot down and, and be able to, start to implement things the way he wants to run them. He's limited in how much you can do in season with that. So if you think about him changing a couple of the coaches, including the D coordinator already, you know, he's changed up a lot of the practice stuff. I mean, he's done a great amount of change in a small amount of time. So I'm trying to give some grace there where it's like, I mean, I want to pull my hair out with our offense and you guys know that I wanted to do it the last month or so. And I've tried to, I've, I've run it back left. a little bit. I show a little video and say, Hey, you know, maybe we could do this and, and we don't do it. And I'm pulling my hair out, I, this, but I've got to just bite my tongue, get through the season offensively. It's not going to get, for me personally, it's not going to get any better. We're not going to see the style I want to see yeah. between now and the end of the year. So, but uh, that doesn't mean that we can't get there after the season. So, yeah, maybe to to wrap up the Mickey Joseph conversation uh, and the, and recruiting and all that type of stuff, in the sense of like to the the basic question of like, well, Mickey wouldn't be recruiting this hard if it if he wasn't going to come back in some capacity. Right. I mean, I understand that very logical. I, I wouldn't guarantee it in the sense that, I mean, it's different in the sense that uh, Mickey and Bill Bush are, are Nebraska guys and, and they want to see the program succeed. I mean, you know, I, I've heard you know, some of the national, you know, shows and they're like, yeah, all the Nebraska coaches are probably busy just sharpening their resumes and, you know, are out job searching. And I'm like, that's, I don't think that's the case. And it's because half of the, half the, coaching staff has a Nebraska tie to him. Right. And so I just don't think that's the way the, the way Mickey thinks about it at all. So even if he was like, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be next year, he's still going to do his very best for his, his alumni. You know, I just think that's the way mm-hmm. it works. Right. You know? what, what, what's interesting to me is how effective it's been. I mean, it's one yeah, thing to say, that's probably the say, bigger surprise. Yeah. The, it's one thing to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to keep working hard, but he's, he's actually getting re- new recruits. Like the guy today, the the running back, I, I mean, I haven't been paying that close attention. So maybe recruit Nick's out there have heard about this guy for weeks. I hadn't, it was just kind of out of the blue uh, Barnes commits, but Malachi, I mean, Malachi didn't have to commit a week ago. He, and he had to have some, you know, he had to have some, some reassuring feeling that what he definitely wants Mickey to be around. Well, he said he was going to be nasty. And so he has to have some kind of reassuring you know, feel towards it to, to make that, that commitment. And so um, I don't know. I mean, it just, it seems, it would seem odd to me. And this goes all the way back to that original tweet there from Mike is that it just feels odd to me to not see him back. And it, and it, it is the recruiting part, but, but boy, the, the other thing is Trev gate has given Mickey a heck of a platform, a heck of a platform for nine weeks to get out in front and really say what he wants to do. And so now, you know, we, you start seeing it on social media today that, you know, and I'm sure this is agents getting involved, but Mickey's, you know, been now rumored with Arizona State, you know, or Arizona right, State yeah. you know, reaching out for him. You're going to hear a lot more about that all, all month. I mean, it's November has yeah. just turned on the calendar, and and there will be other teams, whether it's Power Five or Group of Fives. That's not going to be the first one, so expect to see hear more of it. We haven't even gotten to the craziness of coaching carousels yet, and uh, <laughs> that's how long the season's been. <laughs> We've been without a head coach, a, a full-time non-interim head coach for a month and a half, and we haven't really even gotten into the coaching carousel. Yeah, yeah. Auburn has uh, joined that carousel, mm-hmm. firing Brian Hurston yep. uh, yesterday. So, yeah. Good point, good point. Um, all right, we can go anywhere we want here, guys. we got got <laughs> options. So I'll throw them out. You guys can, one, 
Can I make one more point on the? No, Rob. Kind of, sorry. <laughs> yes, sorry, go ahead. Dave, go ahead. No, I was going to say. The, I, I started thinking back because Honky's sitting here talking about like Mickey being around and the Nebraska ties and everything. And Honky, that weekend that I was out there for the spring game, I keep thinking back to that. And when who's the one guy that you and I saw multiple times that weekend from the coaching staff? Oh, geez, yeah, it was Mickey. Yeah. And yeah. it's weird because like of all the people like that we ran into that weekend that, that like, you know, whether they mm-hmm. were former players, coaches, people that work for Nebraska, you know, friends, family, point. cousins, you know, sisters of mothers of cousins of daughters. Like, I mean, the one guy that we saw most consistently that entire weekend was Mickey. It was like, he was everywhere. And you're, and you're, and you're right, Rob. Like it, it was Tyler Kai was giving us the, the tour and just on the tour, there's Mickey. And who's Mickey with? He's with a whole group of guys. A couple of them are former Huskers, like Reggie Cooper. And, and there might have been a couple more. Well, but it One was of other, them was a kid but, from locally from yeah. Nebraska. No, 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 no. It was Louisiana guys. Oh, Louisiana. It, it was, yeah, it was a like, whole right. group of Louisiana guys, coaches, dads, a kid. There was a recruit. Uh, uh, but it was just that it was Mickey was taking guys around. And then we'd see him at another event. And then we saw him Saturday night afterwards at the, at the big, at the, the former players, like alumni event that we shouldn't he's have been not at. He's not going but, anywhere. There's my prediction. He's not going anywhere. He's <laughs> I mean, I, I, we all, all want that. I'm, I'm just saying that I'm just trying to be, take the no, emotion no, out of it. You're right, it's Dave, logical it's, that, that, I mean, it, if, if it comes down to push, come push to shove and Trev finds his guy and he's like, I really want this guy to be the head coach. And the guy's like, look, I, I have my own recruiting coordinator and wide receiver coach. I don't know if I have a spot for Mickey. I love the guy, but I just don't even know him. I've never met him. I have no idea who this guy is. And well, I have my guy and they're like, yeah. And, it, and then Trev's like, okay, well, we can't hire you then. I'm, I'd be a little surprised. Or it narrows that. down the coaching search to like two or three guys that we know for a fact will work with Mickey. It, it, dep- it depends how important the the taking the emotion out it depends on how important and how logical it is to Trev that that right. they remain. And, and I agree, it's logical to keep them. I, I, yes, I'm just, yeah. but that, just, that there's always a point. Right? No, that, it's, that's it's the thing. Big. I think it's, it's, sometimes, it's sometimes you're the good contrarian, and that's fine. Like yeah, make, I think it's logical. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to make that that case. Obviously, that obviously that's logical. But the other the the flip side of it is. If somebody wants to come in here and, and wants to, to bring in his own staff and he makes changes, that's fine too. But then that person has to be able to understand that you're you're walking into a situation where you better be able to, to explain that. And yeah, and yeah, Trevor better be able to explain that, you know, because you're going to now have a, a – there's a lot of fans still that would say, hey, Mickey shouldn't be the head coach. He Logically, he doesn't have the experience, blah, blah, blah. There's plenty of fans out there that will say that. But you're going to find less and less fans as this goes longer saying, no, he should be just completely gone. (laughs) You know, like it it doesn't, more people are saying it it doesn't make sense to not have him be around. 100%. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to extend that out further. So, no, it's it's all right. We're just, it's a very loose, I I think I now have a game plan. Let's bring up uh, (laughs) this chart from last week where we looked at how there was going to be a seven way tie for uh, the Big Ten West with Northwestern winning. And um, that's not going to happen because uh, we have failed to do our part to take down Illinois in that first week of games. I um, blame so Rutgers too, Dave. So. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, Rutgers ruined it there. What? What? Rutgers didn't Rutgers lose to Minnesota? Well, they were supposed to beat Minnesota for that to happen. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 The red is for. Oh, the red. Yeah, it's hard. I, I got a little confused on that. Yeah. No, that's okay, because it took me like two days to figure that chart out, Dave, so you're fine. So basically, Northwestern can no longer – officially, right. Northwestern is out of the uh, the Big Ten West. Right. 
Well, title. Well, anyway, um, you know, I think it is looks like uh, Illinois' division to to win. Uh, they have Purdue here in a couple of weeks, um, but they should be in relatively good shape, even if they probably take take a loss at some point. But um, uh, besides that, um, you know, let's talk about what the next coach at Nebraska will be facing. And uh, our graphics guy, Swobes, came up with a nice little um, non-con games uh, graphic here. We did have the uh, schedules officially announced. Jeez, it's already been over a week now, right, guys? Yeah. And yeah, uh, have a, a look look forward to the 2023 season. Obviously, uh, Nebraska's new head coach, whoever that will be, um, actually starts with a conference game. We have Minnesota uh, on a Thursday night. And then we have uh, a road game in Boulder, Colorado, on September 9th. Northern Illinois at home on the 16th. And uh, Louisiana Tech, uh, Troy Edwards' ghost, comes to town on September 23rd. 4-0 to start the season, baby. Well, (laughs) if you want to figure out how to beat Minnesota, uh, there's a decent shot because Colorado would also be replacing a coach and is probably further down. Second time in a row that we beat Minnesota, Dave. So, all right, I like that, Rob. I like it. There's the red cast. That that shirt is starting to to tint red a little bit. It's changing from white to pink. Let me me fix this a little bit. Hold on, give me a second. (laughs) Well, as Rob uh, gets get some red on there. Uh, Boomer, is there uh, any one schedule out here that uh, catches your eye as a um, you know an attractive slate for uh, these uh, Big Ten schools? I just had a for interest. Or what the hell is Purdue doing? Who put that schedule together for? Yeah, they joined the ACC West, guys. Yeah, Fresno, then yeah. Tech and Syracuse. I mean, maybe we're bringing the ACC on board to some other. They're going to try to win two division titles next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 pretty vicious. That's probably the toughest slate, really, when you look at the the non-con games that have anyone in the in the conference. I've been saving really. that joke since last week, by the way. Iowa plays Utah State at Iowa State and Western Michigan, which is the most Iowa schedule that Iowa could possibly have. <laughs> yep. You got to have a Western, Central, Eastern Michigan. Is there not a community college or somewhere in Iowa they could play? Yeah, if they had Northern Wait, Iowa replacing stop. Utah Jeffrey State, the Greek is be... going to text one of us here, probably, or like message one of us tomorrow <laughs> for talking about Iowa too much. So we should probably not. So yeah, and Michigan I, I really is really challenging themselves with Eastern Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green again. That's yeah. and that's you know as we saw in the playoff rankings today, that non-con schedule is kind of being used against them to. Keep a little lower than maybe they. But Illinois, be. Illinois is in the top twelve, I think, and they, they are. their yeah, schedule they are. has been an advantage. And they yeah, are going there. to the dangerous confines of Lawrence, Kansas, next year. Holy cow! Well, Northwestern well, Kansas is playing coach then, Dave. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, Northwestern's playing UTEP, Duke, and Howard, so they'll start the season zero and three. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> They've been playing Duke a lot. They must have they, liked this long. Really well, yeah. you know, it's basically basically what they're doing is they're trying to get transfers for their master's programs, like to like cross. <laughs> there must be some kind of like grant or something that they're offering or something like that. So, you know, you know, also- Wisconsin and Georgia Southern when they match up. I'm gonna. Oh yeah, it'll yeah. be a classic. Yeah, that's pretty, running pretty going on there. for non-con. Georgia yeah. Southern, like. Yeah, who who couldn't just beat Georgia Southern though? I mean, that's that's an yeah, easy one. Well, look, think about Nebraska though. Here, I mean, to go to 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 what most of the audience probably cares about is ours, and to start the season with two road games, and that's only the second time in the modern era. Uh, Seventy six was yeah. the other time, and then ninety five. 
Uh, I remember the 95 season. That was our freshman year in college, and it it started uh, at Oklahoma State on a Thursday night, and then the second game was uh, against Michigan State, uh, coached oh, yeah. by Nick Saban, his first game there. Uh, 76, of all things, I actually have the glasses, like the, the commemorative oh, yeah. glasses in the, in the Curio cabinet. Thanks, Mom. Uh, and that was we played Indiana on the road, and I think that was a, a Lee, Lee Corso team. Yeah. And then I want to say it was LSU, and we started the season those two. Um, but th- 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 no joke here this year. I mean, at Minnesota, and then at Colorado, where new coach or not, we experienced that a couple years ago. Yep. Uh, be on the road twice against two Power Five teams, and then of all things, I don't know if this is just horrible uh, memories, but to have Northern Illinois come here, <laughs> you know, we've had we've had a problem with them in the past, and then even La Tech and their eight thousand yards that uh, they threw against us in Solch's first game, J- just a weird slate, but. Uh, I don't know, it's man. a revenge uh, slate, is what it is. Boomer. We are going four and zero to start the year next year. End of story. Podcast over. Okay, David. Please, take, uh, please move us on, Dave. <laughs> well, Boomer, I just wanted to throw up. Uh, could the uh, September sixteenth matchup versus Northern Illinois be a uh, a Dave Doran Bowl? There's been a little more buzz about uh, uh, the NC State coach, who formerly was the Northern Illinois coach, uh, being a candidate. Well, that is true, and and plus we've also heard you know the possibility of PJ Fleck maybe coaching against his old team here in week one. There you go. That's, yeah, that's been bouncing around the interwebs, but uh, now it'll be interesting. I mean, this is probably the last hurrah of uh, divisions in the Big Ten. You know, no idea how they're going to organize everything come twenty twenty four. I do they have a plan where they're going to announce that, or I guess are they waiting to see who else they can poach from the Pac twelve before they come up with any? Yeah, I don't think so. Boomer, I don't think they're done. Yeah. I don't think they're I don't done think they with bringing new yeah. teams in before they want to make that announcement for twenty. I don't think. I, I think you're correct, Donkey. I think they're we'll see. seeing if there's anything else they want to do first, and yeah, and then they'll then they'll make a decision. But yeah, so this is probably Lester Rod divisions, and I guess we'll just take it by ear. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, speaking of um, bringing more teams in, I did see that you know, Big Twelve is either finalizing or have finalized a TV contract that stabilizes them a little bit. So. We'll see where that Pac-12 goes. I don't know. It's hard to say right now. All right, guys. Um, anything else we want to cover? Anything we want to talk about looking forward versus Minnesota before we let hockey uh, give a parting shot? I, I don't know. Minnesota, they're basically like – it's basically like if you ask your mom, hey, mom, I want Illinois, and she says, no, we have Illinois at home. That's what Minnesota is. I mean, they're <laughs> Illinois late, so expect a lot of the same. They're not – they don't. I've watched them a few times this year because I'm always in, intrigued by the Gophers, and they don't. They're not a downfield passing team. They they like to go to the tight end a lot. They don't have a deep threat really since Ottman Bell went down, and mm. yeah, they they play good defense and they like to run the ball even when they don't win. They're running the ball out. If we can get up early on the Gophers, they can't. They're not a catch up team, so that's the key. It's kind of like with Illinois. You want to score early if you can and make them chase you. And if you can do that with Minnesota, you can beat them. If you can't. Yeah, then it's you're playing into the game they want to play. So, quick predictions before hockey does his parting shot from all, all uh, three of you. Who's the starting quarterback for Nebraska on Saturday? Hockey, per- Purdy, Boomer. Oh, God, I'm going to say Smothers just to mix it up a little. Oh, I would love it. I've, no, I don't even want to go there. Rob, you know what? Um, ask me again on Saturday morning when the weather <laughs> is what it is. I'm kidding. No, I'm going to say think- Smothers because I think that because I think the weather is going to be option football weather. Yeah, see, Dave, if you ask me what I who I would start because we we're going to run option all day, yeah, I'd be Smothers, but it's going to be Purdy. I'm going to guess Thompson comes out of the tunnel. 
Oh, I, I guess I didn't yeah. even you know consider what? He, that he, as the he said that, that's, that's he said that today he kind of hinted that Thompson might be ready to play on Saturday. And I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they threw him out there because it'd be the most Nebraska thing ever to throw an injured quarterback out on the field to continue to throw the ball in a pocket that's collapsing. So no, no, no we've never done that around here. Who are you kidding? No, <laughs> no, not not at all. I mean, we wouldn't have anybody play with And that's their, and uh, for the record, shut. I'm quoting Honky on that with the most Nebraska thing ever. So, you know, I I just I got to throw him under the bus a little bit. That's right. All right, Hawk. Uh, time for your parting shot. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to the weekend's game. Uh, 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, my dad's going to be down for it, so we're going to uh, we'll do some tailgating, whatever it is. Uh, I was even getting uh, one of my one of my favorite followers that we have that is not a Nebraska guy is Boatwagon on uh, Twitter, and he's a he's a Minnesota guy, and he was he just kind of texted me or t- uh, DM me out of the out of the blue day. And he said, Hey, he's flying down. And it was just like, that's cool. Like I have no idea if I'll have a chance to run into him or not, but it's just, it's cool. The, the connections that we've been able to make through the show and through social media. And, and uh, you know, you, we joked earlier, Rob, you joked earlier about, about Jeffrey, the Greek, but you know, making connections with guys like that, the Iowa fans and, and just other fans from around, that's been a lot of fun. And so, you know, with the games, even if they don't go the way that we want to go, they are still opportunities to go and see people and meet people in person. And just, and it's one more chance to root for the team. So, is as frustrating as I know the season has been for everyone, Redcasters. Uh, there's still four more games, and there are opportunities to go and watch Nebraska play football because the second the season is over, it always becomes the longest off season, and and football isn't there. And at least, as I said in my uh, my hot take, at least we'll be able to fall back on on basketball. But that's <laughs> that's not always been a lot of fun either. But. <laughs> Hey, we're a women's sports school anyway. Do you oh, see soccer God. made it for the record, soccer made it to the semifinals since two for the first time since 2018. Yeah, Big without women. a doubt. I mean, this is good, good job, women. That that is that is an awesome accomplishment. We hope you you take it all in the Big Ten. Good yep, job. and we're gonna we're gonna get Wisconsin when they come back to uh play in the Devaney. So there go volleyball. Are. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Have fun, the BetCast, fellas. The BetCast Picks of the Week. All right, guys, back to the bedcast. Um, well, um, how did this week go, know, Dave? You know, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll take the loss because I'm six and four in the year, and I don't think anybody else can say that. So, um, you know, it was a, it was a rough one. You know, I regret that that bet um, soon after I uh, uh, texted uh, Swobes and said, "Hey, that's that's my pick." Uh, I still see it as I just cannot believe Wake Forest was only a three and a half or four point favorite versus a pretty average Louisville team. But um, that number of just stunk. There was something going on there because all the sharps were on Louisville. I listened to a bunch of podcasts on Friday and a bunch of people in the know were like, yeah, take Louisville. Um, so I regret that. I had a great, it was my first winning week in um, two or three weeks. So I had really good um, uh, straight, straight up record. I think I went six and four with a uh, hit, a, hit a round Robin that, uh, Gave me a little extra, so I, I did fine this week, but um, my best bet did not come through. You guys, though, um, good job. Good job bouncing back finally. Skip finally gets a win there. Tennessee, yep. 
easy on the 11 and a half. Is that his first win all season? No, he had one. He had at least one other. Uh, Boomer uh, takes uh, another an easy one there, Oklahoma. Matt Campbell is struggling there at Iowa State. Um, I, I looked at this one and I was going to bet it with you, Boomer, but boy, I just I was like, man, no, I never had this money with that one, Dave. I mean, Iowa State's just they're on the they're on a schneid this year, and I don't yep. think they're pulling out of it. So they're they're yep. you know, close in games, but one and a half points that's basically a toss up. So yeah, take yeah, that. I think it is at the point of the year where like you know like Tennessee, for example. Looking at that score, forty-four to six, it's going to be really interesting this week versus Georgia. But um, it feels like you know betting lines usually take a while to catch up to something like a Tennessee offense that's just performing so much better than any metrics would tell you. And that was the case again. Uh, but also a horrible game of mismanagement. I mean, from oh, yeah. Kentucky side. I mean that it, classic honky uh, rant there, where they should be able to get out at half at twenty to six, and they just totally mismanage. Um, the the plays and the and the the, the clock and and let's Tennessee uh, get up twenty seven six and um, it was just downhill from there um, and then the TC one Rob uh, that was a toss up all the way it was a great game to watch actually well, hit the over on that one I tried um, really hard to like get that game at plus seven and a half because I mistexted Dan when, yeah. we, when we originally did it but <laughs> apparently it still worked out for the actual yeah. that's a lot of points you know, to buy down Rob seven yeah. And a, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would have won it. I mean, well, and you know, know, yeah. and, and for those betcasters out there that aren't familiar with buying down a, a bet, you know, there are ways on some of these apps where you can go down and actually buy your point spread. You just get less money back for doing it. Alternative so, spread. Yep. There you that's go. Right. Yeah. Um, no, that was. I mean, that either way is, as you said, Dave. That's a great bet either way, and and uh, whether it was minus seven and a half or plus seven and a half, and um, I was worried there for like the first two quarters, and then. TCU ended up pulling away. Honestly, I was TCU's a second half team this year. Yeah, so. yeah they really. I are. mean, it, that that game was three points with just a I don't know I don't know five minutes ago or so. I mean, it was it was down yeah, there. It was so. close. It was close. Um, but um, yeah, it was, it was a really good game to watch. All right, guys, what is on your board? I'm sure I can start with a marquee matchup, uh, which is newly minted number one Tennessee, um, a. Um, Eight point dog. Am I looking at this right, Boomer? Um, versus the Bulldogs of Georgia. Um, of course, it is in Athens, in between the hedges, and that ranking is the brand new college football playoff rankings. Um, but um, a number one team in the land, eight point dogs. What do you think? Yeah, people have put a lot of stock in the Georgia defense and just the fact they were number one last year. I mean, Georgia had been kind of sleepwalking through some games early this year. I mean, like they struggled with Kent State, who I was watching, you know, play tonight. And I, I don't, I guess I just guess in Vegas doesn't have a ton of faith yet in Tennessee to be able to pull this off all season. I, I don't know how I would bet this right now. Eight seems like a lot, but. So I, I would say. Know. Yeah, I, 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 I mean. I would think it'd be under a touchdown, but man, mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. I might wait on that one. I don't know, but yeah. No, well, see if you wait. If you want, you want. If you want Tennessee, you want to get them now because yeah, you like, be right. to your point that that number could because a lot of people are going to think that same way. Finally, I think people are going to start thinking, hey, that number is going to move um, down to six and a half, um, and. 
And well, boy, I don't know. I mean, you want that? You want the touchdown, right? You know. So, so I, I'm yeah, trying to know. go. I'm trying to go apples for apples here on this one. And I guess my biggest problem is is like who who has Georgia played this year with an offense, a high pass offense, that is similar to what Tennessee has played, right? And I keep thinking back to like the Oregon game, and I'm like, oh man, like obviously both teams were were pretty deep into the season now, but. I just feel like at Georgia, Georgia's defense, Tennessee really relies heavily on the on passing, but Georgia's corners are some of the best in the country. They're probably going to be mostly NFL guys, including their safeties. I mean, minus eight actually seems like a good buy for Georgia. Um, yeah, if you're going for Georgia, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, I see Georgia as being at least like a, you know, two-score win on this um i just i just do and i think we'll probably you see not bought one. into tennessee to your point Ron. i mean i watched them against Georgia. alabama but alabama has looked i mean from alabama alabama it doesn't now, have have uh nfl cornerbacks well they sure didn't look like it against tennessee i'll yeah, tell you that they'll much. probably be playing in the nfl though yeah they will be but you know and they'll probably end up on the raiders um but i mean <laughs> well they're gonna run a four three and yeah and, yeah yeah but but I mean, but my point being is that I, it just, Georgia looks like, I mean, if you had to take a college team and say like, oh, this team could play against like the worst NFL team out there, probably the Raiders, Georgia would be that team. They look that good on defense. And I, yeah, and they're like, I hear you. yeah, I hear so you. that's just my feeling. And I, and I'm allowed to be the I, contrarian. I think I would probably well, so. take Georgia to win the game, but I would likely take Tennessee to, to cover the eight right now. Just because I think that, I mean, like, I guess, you know, I bet against Tennessee last week. I lost against Skip. I went head-to-head against them. I, I took Kentucky plus 13. I'm like, that's that's a big number, and I just don't oh, think I they're going to. I would have done that. That's and, Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Rob, thanks. I think your gut wouldn't have let you done that. But my, I guess my point there is, as I admit my failure, is that I don't think I'm going to do it again, right? I'm like, I just don't – I'm not – if I'm – if I think that Georgia is going to win this game, I'm probably just going to not bet it, right? I mean, like – it, it's just not worth it to me because Tennessee's burned me too many times at this point. Um, they burned me against Alabama, burned me last week. They keep on winning and winning bigger than I expect. Um, so maybe they lose this game, but I mean, I'm not going to tell you that they're not going to cover the eight points. So that's, that's my take. That's fair. Um, all right, guys, what's on your board? I'm Ohio State Northwestern, you know. Um, I- I mean, the, the a lot. I, I'm scared of the. I'm scared of some of the big, big ten matchups. To be honest with you, they they uh, freak me out a little bit. But there's um, some big point spreads in some of those. That yeah, I, I don't know. The, are they going to take it? Take a day off? Because I think like Michigan's what twenty five and a half against Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers isn't going to score more than fourteen. But yeah, what is Michigan going to do? It kind of depends what they want to do in the second half. Because you know they'll be you know saving themselves for the game against us in two weeks. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, in the Big yeah. Ten, I guess the games I was looking at, you know, Penn State and Indiana, I think you can – Penn State can get them at 13 and a half. I think Indiana's going to throw in the towel for the season. I mean, yeah, they haven't fair. amounted a whole lot of anything, and I don't know what they're playing for at this point. You know, Penn State's still got a halfway decent season ahead of them. I could see them winning that by two touchdowns pretty easily. The mighty KU, how they've fallen. They're now like a two-point dog to to Oklahoma State this weekend. And yeah. quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised to see them lose that game also. Um, Boy, you know, I mean, did a, you watch Oklahoma State last week? What happened? I have no idea. Yeah. That 49 to nothing? 
Yeah, that was awful. I, I have no idea how to read that, what that means for Oklahoma State. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. no idea. Yeah. The game that the game that interests me a lot uh, right now is um, Kentucky's actually a two point favorite over Missouri. And that seems almost like, I don't know, I just feel and it's at Missouri. I get that. Um, and it's an game. SEC game, but I still feel like Kentucky's going to pull that one off by at least a field goal, which would give you the win, right? It, yeah. I think it just depends. I mean, Missouri. I mean, Missouri played Georgia close. They they had them in the fourth quarter. They did had a shot of winning that game, and I think it just kind of depends how. Does Kentucky have a hangover coming off that drubbing they took by Tennessee? You know, they might waltz into Missouri, kind of sleeping, and get skunked there. So possibility. I mean, I guess the other two Big Ten games I'd be looking at just. From the size of the point spread, um, they're about 16 points each. You know, Illinois and Michigan State, Spartans aren't good, but 16 is a lot of points there. And Yeah, especially in Big Ten, especially if the weather is going to be like yeah. it is in the Midwest this weekend. Like, that's a that's a big one right there. Like, yeah, and I'm it, not sure I trust Minnesota to score that many points. Even if you think the Gophers are going to somehow win this weekend, that's a lot of points. I mean, yeah. geez. So. The other one, too, Syracuse. Syracuse, 6-2, yeah. and two, number yeah. 20 in the country. They're a... They're a you know, three and a half point dog to to Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I, came pre preseason was ranked, and I mean, and that's, that's a good matchup. I, mean, pre, pre, and I think so, Syracuse could have easily lost by a lot more to Clemson two weeks ago. They lost last week. Brett Brett McMurphy um, thought Nebraska should be ranked preseason too, Dave. So I mean, true. That's, yeah. I well, I'm just saying, I, I think Pittsburgh probably is is. I mean, that's a pretty even matchup actually. My, my take. And then uh, um, speaking of Clemson, Dave, yeah. they also they're only about a three and a half to four point favorite on Notre Dame. I mean, we're talking undefeated playoff ranked Night Clemson game in South Bend. Notre Dame. I mean, what what's your feel on that one? That's what I've been. Yeah, eyeballing. I don't know. I mean, Notre Dame. Um, hard to read Notre Dame this they, year. I mean, Rob, you said they look like trash, and they took care of Syrac- Syracuse, a team that you were just saying should be able to beat Pittsburgh. You're right. Quite handily. Yeah. It was not 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 that close of a game. Um, and I think they, they, they looked better. Um, and, you know, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's a couple of their other good ranked uh, games out here. Uh, you have uh, Texas. They obviously I listen sh- to the podcast. That's what it is, Dave. And they got obvious. Mad. I gave them bulletin board material. <laughs> Te- Texas I won't, is uh, I won't say anything about them this week. Two and a half point uh, favorite on the road versus K-State. We don't That's know if Baby Martinez will be healthy or not. I'm going to say that never tells me that he's still not healthy. And he's probably it's probably Howard starting. Um, didn't seem to slow down last week, week. Though, so. no no and then uh alabama uh in death valley taking on lsu um is 13 and a half point favorites almost um two touchdowns lsu has turned their season around and six and two in the year yeah they're not gonna let alabama take another loss so yeah well, they're already they're not gonna let all those, i almost feel better about that one than most of the other matches i probably will take lsu or to probably take Alabama to cover that. Um, I'll have to think about that a little bit more. You know, oh, yeah, the other rank on ranked I see oh, is uh, Wake Forest and NC State. Yeah, Wake Forest, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Two other coaches. Do that you trust Wake Forest there at all, Dave, after last week? Or? After last week, yeah. Is that why you're bringing I mean, this up right now? Like you just you, NC State's on no, their backup QB. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a tough one too. I, I don't have a lot of faith in either team at this point, just for where they're at. Wake Forest, additional uh-huh. trust, and NC State's playing a back of quarterback, so you never know exactly what you're going to get. And as we all know, they they take no reps with the first team, so you can't count on that yeah. at all. So. You know, the other game that was pretty intriguing to me too was Arizona at Utah. Arizona is a seventeen and a half point dog to Utah. 
and they're in Utah, which obviously Utah always pays really, really well there. But these guys are kind of natural rivals bit since Utah has come to the pack to pack 12 because they're so close to each other and they're basically mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Um, and Arizona's offense isn't terrible this year. Like they've, if one thing they're, they've been able to do even against USC last week, they, they kept Off the game. Eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kept the game close. And I think that they actually covered on that game too. If I, if I, yes, recall. They did. so they did. Um, yeah, my dad's a big Arizona fan. My sister went to school there. I'm a big Arizona basketball fan. So he's always trying to talk football with me, which I could care less about or couldn't care less about. Is that right? Could, couldn't care less about. Um, sorry. And, uh, but that's an interesting one too, because I feel like that game will end up being closer. I think 17 and a half is a really big spread against Utah uh, for Arizona. Cause I think if anything, their, their offense will keep them in it. They'll probably lose, but I don't think by, you know, what three and a half scores or whatever it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. All right, guys, anything else on, on your board you want to talk about? Eh, not yet. No, it was more later this week. Well, I just want right. to thank uh, uh, Kathy Honky. Actually, again, this week, she made me a winner again. I think I got six out of ten right. Following her, I went straight money line bets on all of them. Um, I we need to bring her do, on the show. I did not do yeah. the round robins, but I did the individual games plus a 10-team parlay because one of these days it's going to hit. But um, and I, did not do, <laughs> I did not do large bets, granted, because some of those money lines are pretty big. You know what I mean? But at the oh, same yeah. time, I actually came out a winner. I think I, yeah. I, think I, I ended up on the – you know in you know, in the black. So that's, that's good. And I just want to thank her again. Cause that's two weeks in a row. So Kathy, send me your picks again, because I am actually looking forward to, um, you know, putting down a little bit and hopefully I'll make enough so that when I come out for the game here against Wisconsin, in a couple weeks with my son, I'll just be able to buy you a beer. Cause that's about how much money. I'll <laughs> well, plus I, I don't think she drinks, so you'll have to drink that. No, she drinks uh, wine. I think she drinks like white wine or something like that. Well, she'll tell yeah. me. She'll, she'll, text me. <laughs> she'll probably text me here in about two seconds. All right. So. Well, we know the show usually comes in and we start talking about Hockey's wife's drinking habits. So <laughs> <laughs> let's get some parting shots in here. And uh, Boomer, what do you got for me? Well, I, I don't have much of a parting shot this week. Uh, you know, some of we've talked about, you know, with uh, congratulations to, to – uh, Husker soccer, you know, making it further than they have in a while, and women's sports in general looking pretty solid. And you know, men's basketball, I I think maybe we can always hope that Hoiberg's been playing a little reverse psychology. Like last year, they smoked Colorado, got them where we want them, Boomer game, and everyone was all confident and great. And this year, maybe we're taking it easy. We're we're keeping the cards close to the vest, and we're going to come out and stun everybody early on this year and make it to double digit wins. So let's hope for that. So, <laughs> God Almighty. Uh, uh. All right, Rob, get us out of here. First is my uh, shout out to Boomer for texting me and saying, are you getting on here real quick? Because I was actually sitting in a distillery for a meeting that I had for work. I forgot what time it was, realized I had to be here. And sure enough, I got here right at the end of uh, the hot take. So thank you, Boomer. I appreciate that because I'm here to help. I don't know where I'd be without you. Um, And also keep your heads up. Husker Nation. I, I, it feels like, and, and I hate to say this because Mickey said he wasn't going to try to win the press conference, but it feels like he's saying a lot of the things that should be said right now. Um, you know, when it comes to ideal offense being the run game, and it feels like he is getting a little bit more and more serious about hopefully trying to at least make sure that we salvage this season and make a bowl game. So I think we're going to win three out of the next four. Probably lose to Michigan, but we're going to take out Iowa. We're going to take out Wisconsin. That would be quite the accomplishment. 
Yeah, you know, I agree. But like I said, man, I'm I'm an optimist. I'm an eternal optimist. All right, so that it's going to happen truth. this weekend. You know, we know we know what Minnesota's going to do. We just have to stop them, and we're going to do it. And we're going to have a great Saturday, and we're all going to be living our lives. Go Big Red. All right, and those uh, words of wisdom there from Redcast Rob. Let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. A Huda Media Production.